up, Broncos country? What's up, Broncos country? This is Phil Lindsay. Justin Simmons here. This is Alexander Johnson. Hey, I'm Vaughn Miller, and you're listening to The Neutral Zone. Hello, and thank you for joining us here on The Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined, as always, by my trusty sidekick, my partner in crime, really, the best way to describe this person is my everything. It's at Eric Dalala. Phil, it's Victory Monday. It's true. I'm pumped up. I woke up this morning ready to go, energized, and uh, you know, just feeling passionate about some Broncos football. I didn't even go to sleep. <laughs> just too much adrenaline, huh? That's true. Exactly. Yeah. We have got a great Monday edition of the Neutral Zone in store for you. We're going to play your voicemails. Thank you to uh, everybody who left the voicemail after the game. We also got an email all the way from South Africa. Eric. That's a, that's a long way away, Phil. We, you uh, know, Neutral Zone Nation is really expanding, you know? It's more of an NZ world these days. Exactly. I think we just... We have a new listener, Nick, over in the UK. We're big with the UK audience, Phil. Yes. It's our, yes, it's our demographic. Do you think it's our wit? You know, It's you definitely think? my wit. I'm not <laughs> oh, sure what it. it is about you got that it. appeals to people. Probably your stunning looks. Yeah. Though I'm not sure how it. well that translates over podcast. Maybe they can just tell. Yeah, they can just imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, uh, I've been told this past week by a a tweeter that I look like I'm a teenager, maybe 13 or 14, but my voice is a little bit deeper than that. So that's good. I I kind of appreciate that. I think Yeah, you got to take the wins where you can get them. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. Uh, Eric, we'll break down the Broncos victory over the Patriots. We'll hear from Vic Fangio. We'll also uh, give our players of the game. And then, uh, then what you, why don't we just go ahead and look ahead to the, to the Chiefs game. I don't know if you knew that was what's coming up next. Is that next on the schedule? That's next on your favorite thing, the schedule. So, Eric, the schedule. you want to dive right in? Let's do it. Hey, it's time to uh, get rolling here. There's no time to waste when you've got a big dub. Exactly. Uh, 18 to 12, just so you're pretty, pretty usual – Final score there, Eric. Uh, the Broncos win over the Patriots. It's the first time in Bill Belichick's career where the Patriot in New England that he did the team did not give up a touchdown and still lost the game. That was quite the stat. Yeah, first time ever. The Patriots, this year? No, ever, including playoffs. Wow. Yep. I think uh, what that shows you is that a lot of the times, if you're good enough to win, you score touchdowns. That is what that – I think that that's what it says. What did you think about that, Eric? The Broncos dominated that game. They should have been up, you know, they should have been up in the 30s or something, you know, uh, points-wise. But, you know, in typical Broncos fashion, they like to make it exciting. They like to put that defense out there with the game on the line. They came through back-to-back weeks now, or back-to-back games, I should say. Um, What do you think about that? Why couldn't they score touchdowns? Phil, let me put it this way. 
whenever I think about the result of a game or I think about a situation, particularly in a game, I like to think if somebody had come to me ahead of yesterday's game and said, you're going to be winning 18 to 12 with three minutes left and you've got to get a defensive stop to win the game. And that's all they told me. I don't know anything else about what's happened. I suspect, or I know I would have taken that scenario and I suspect most Broncos fans would have taken that as well. Um, and the bottom line is that they held up and they got the win. And I know that there's a lot of hand-wringing going on. People are upset about the fact that the Broncos scored six field goals, that there were a lot of drops, that Drew Locke had two late interceptions uh, to kind of make things close at the end. But when you're a team like the Broncos that's young, Phil, that's still growing, that's learning how to win, I think you take a win in New England over a franchise like the Patriots – any way you can get it. And, you know, there are lessons to be learned, certainly, but I'm not about to sit here and say, like, man, I'm disappointed with that performance because they didn't win 30 to 10. You know, I'm saying they needed to go and get a win to help salvage the season. They did that. Who cares if it was by one point, if it was by six points, or if it was by 20? I mean, that's we're not at the point, Phil, where we can be picky about how we're winning football games. Let's just get the get the dubs. Yeah, the only reason I – and obviously I like looking back and examining games like that after a win. It's a little bit easier to digest. But I do think, Eric, though, like you mentioned just a second ago, if you don't score touchdowns, you're not going to beat very many good teams in this league. So I think that that's some an area that the Broncos can work on. We saw that pop up earlier in the season when they couldn't score a touchdown against the Titans – that time it ended up costing them the game. This time, luckily, the Broncos uh, able to rely on that magical foot of Brandon McManus, just blasting away 50 yarders right down the middle. That's true. He's uh, been on quite the little tear here, Phil. I will say that the Broncos, you know, it's not like they, against the Titans, for example, Phil, they had two, two slash three really good drives where they got down. Obviously, on the third, they were stopped at the goal line, didn't even get a field goal. But you had three really good drives, and then the rest of it was just eh, you know. Against the Patriots, the Broncos had – we'll say the one that ended with the Deshaun Williams – or that started with the Deshaun Williams interception. That wasn't a great drive because they didn't pick up a first down. They had five really good drives, you know, where they pieced some stuff together. They got in field goal range. Um, and, you know, you look at a game a few weeks ago, Tampa Bay, before they came to Denver, had a game where Tom Brady's receivers dropped a bunch of passes, and it was a lot closer against the Panthers than maybe it should have been. And those things tend to regress back toward the mean, toward the average, what you would expect to happen. I'm more encouraged about the Broncos offense being able to move the ball consistently against a defense like New England and then struggle in the red zone than I would be if they scored 18 points or, you know, or 16 points, but all they were able to do is move the ball on two possessions and the rest of the time they were going three and out or, you know, one first down and then punting. They move the ball well. And I think that's more encouraging to me than the, the negative of not being able to punch it in because they were, you know, a drop here, a missed block here. I mean, it's not like they were far off from scoring 30 points. It was just a split second here or there. 
Yeah, definitely. I was really encouraged, especially the way the team came out. They were really aggressive. They made some uh, great shots down the field to Tim Patrick. Uh, Albert Okuebunam was making uh, uh, some great plays, especially after the catch. I thought he was really showing off his athleticism. People are going to dog him for those couple of drops in the uh, in the end zone. But for his first time out, I thought that that was pretty good. Uh, on Monday, here's what Vic Fangio had to say about Drew Locke's performance. I thought Drew played well yesterday. I think the big thing I was looking for with him was to see if he looked like a guy that was nursing an injury and playing through it. And I didn't see that at all. I saw a guy that was out there looking normal into the game. Uh, he had no clue that he is a guy that playing his first action since getting hurt about a month ago. So that part of was a, was a big thing for me. You know, as, as in regards to the throws in the fourth quarter, you know, obviously there's a couple, you know, a throw or two that he'd like to have back. Um, we were trying to be aggressive. We were trying to make first downs. Um, you know, we'll analyze that and see if it was the right choice. Not so much run or pass, but where we were throwing it and how we were throwing it. Got to do a little more analyzing, Eric, I think, on that one. Uh, in that situation in the game, I like the idea of still being aggressive and playing a normal type of offense. I don't like it when teams just get in into this uh, shell and they clam up. I don't like that. But I also think that you can be aggressive but do it in a way that's maybe slightly more conservative than what we saw at the end of the game. Yeah, I didn't like that last uh, decision to run several vertical routes and have Drew take a shot down the field because New England has two timeouts. So even if you just run it three times and you don't ever get a first down, you're still putting your defense in a much better situation uh, than what ended up happening, even though, you know, the the location of the interception didn't, ha didn't hurt them that much because it was essentially a punt. It just came without working any time off the clock. That was the the bigger issue. Um, you know, listen, with Drew, Phil, we had a very robust conversation last week about Drew Locke and the, his future and what he means to the organization and how he needs to prove himself. That was his, what, eighth start, really his seventh game because of him being knocked out early in Pittsburgh. I thought he played well, and I know that the majority of people – agree with me, despite a stat line that would suggest otherwise. He made plays. Uh, a lot of those deep balls were on the money. He put them where they needed to be for to give guys a chance to make the catch. I think that'll only improve as he has more practice time with them. Those deep shots filled and opened up some of those underneath passes like you were talking about to Albert O, to Jerry Judy. Drew made maybe his my favorite throw of his career on that third and 21 he threw a 35 yarder to Tim Patrick that he absolutely dropped in the bucket between two defenders tremendous throw and if you look at that throw compared to his one against Houston last year to Tim Patrick his footwork was 10 times better on this one and I think that shows growth the interceptions were bad Phil I think we'll both agree with that but they were able to survive them in part because Drew made plays earlier in the game got the ball to the playmakers and I firmly believe I don't know how you feel but the Broncos do not win that game if Drew Locke is not the quarterback. You know, if Brett Rippon – and Brett Rippon played admirably against the New York Jets, but I do not think the Broncos win that game if Drew Locke's not the Q. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Eric. And you even heard Justin Simmons say it after the game that Locke just has an energy about him that really it lifts all boats. You know, I, I, that, that was a classic game where the eye test does not meet the final stat line. I'll read you Drew Locke's final stats, 10 of 24. He only completed 10 passes, but uh, good for 189 yards. That's a, about an eight-yard average, so pretty good there. He had the two interceptions, took two sacks. ESPN's QBR, he was at 19.6, you know. But when you look and you watch the game, it didn't match up to that because you saw a quarterback that showed a lot of confidence out there. Like Vic mentioned, he didn't look like he was a guy coming back from injury. I even noticed that particularly on the bobbled snap, he just dove in there and got the ball back. He didn't act like, oh, my shoulder, I'm nervous about that. Uh, On one play, he was trying to turn the corner and try to get to the end zone, took a shot on that shoulder. I bet it's not not feeling – Do that. Let's not do that. I bet it's not feeling great today. But he didn't look like a player who was reserved about anything. Um, And I loved the play calling at the beginning of the game. He was taking shots down the field. Things were coming easily to the Broncos. And it's it's harder to score in the red zone. Things just tighten up. But aside from that, the ball was really moving well. And um, he is the youngest quarterback to ever win at New England during the Bill Belichick era. Yeah, it was impressive. I mean, that's the, the stat you need to know is that he found a way to get it done. Obviously, the defense helped him tremendously and kind of made up with their turnovers for – the stalled drives that ended in field goals. But uh, I mean, I just think that Phil moving forward, you're going to see inconsistency with Drew Locke. There are going to be plays where you're like, wow, that's an incredible throw. That was great mobility. Look at his, look at the way that he escaped pressure and completed that pass, or he got that first down with his legs. Like this kid is the real deal. And then there's going to be plays where he's inaccurate at times. There's going to be times when he takes a bad sack or he throws an interception and that's because he's young and he's played seven football games in the NFL. And that's what happens with young players is that they're just not quite as consistent. And so you just hope that over the rest of the season, Phil, we hope he stays healthy and that over the, what the Broncos have played five games. So over the remaining 11 games, he just continues to get a little bit better and better each week. And I know that the stat sheet doesn't show it, but I think he played better yesterday than he did in week one and I think in week one of this season he played better than he did for almost all of the starts in 2019 obviously the Texans game he was unbelievable but I mean he is he is showing progress and sure it might be a little bit slower it's incremental but he's he also hasn't played that many games and I think give him a little bit of time and you're going to look back 10 games from now and be like oh he's way ahead of where he was when he started against the Chargers uh you know, in week 13 or whatever it was in 2019. And though we talked about it before this game, having Drew Locke back makes you feel like you have a chance to win the game. And I think that, you know, the, the Chiefs is one thing, but when you go into this stretch against the Chargers, against the Falcons, the Raiders, the Dolphins, they're going to be right in every single one of those games because Drew Locke is the quarterback. Yeah. And I also think, you know, it's a game of inches, 
you know, and things could work both ways against both teams. But, you know, like if he connects to Deshaun Hamilton on that play, then his stats all of a sudden are much better. If uh, Alberto catches one of those passes, all of a sudden his stats are a little bit better. And if he doesn't throw those two interceptions, then you're talking about a, more, a much more comfortable win. And, you know, those things tend to even out over the course of a game or whatnot. But, you know, I think that here or there, if there's things that they can improve upon, then they're going to see a big leap in the terms of the number of points scored and just a general, you know, ease at which the offense moves. So uh, I did think that they played very clean football up until those two interceptions. Uh, The penalties were great. I thought that they, they did what they needed to do in order to go on the road into new England and beat Bill Belichick and that, that Patriots team. And uh, Eric, I, Oh, did you have it? Well, that's just, I mean, that's a trap game, Phil, you know, it's been delayed twice. It's been rescheduled three times when you account for the shift initially from one Eastern to four Eastern, you know, it's an early game for the Broncos from a body clock standpoint, they came out and didn't make any excuses and they played well right from the beginning. They didn't make critical errors there until the very end and they were able to overcome it. So I feel, I don't know if confidence is the right word, but, you know, I, I don't see any reason that if you tweak a few things here or there that the Broncos could score 25, 30 points this week and, and have a chance. Yeah, and I agree. And they were missing a lot of uh, players' weapons on that offensive side of the ball. Both teams, obviously, aren't at 100%, you know, and that happens over the course of the season, and especially this year with the COVID opt-outs that uh, New England has had to deal with. But they weren't playing with Melvin Gordon, Noah Fant, KJ Hamler, you know, some of these other weapons, I think, uh, could help lighten the load a little bit on, you know, Tim Patrick and, and obviously on uh, Philip Lindsay, who came back and had a 101 yard game. Uh, Tim Patrick back to back 100 yard receiving game. So those guys continue to develop and get better and, and show that, you know, what they're capable of doing in this league. Uh, Eric, I was going to say, you know, as good as, uh, I think we both think Drew Locke played. That Broncos defense is really what got the job done. They had two weeks to prepare for Cam Newton. And I think that the the game plan was tremendous. They got a lot of pressure on him. Cam made them pay a couple of times with his legs. But, you know, forcing the turnovers the way they did, they never let him get comfortable back there. And I just thought that all around the defense played one heck of a game. No, definitely. And, you know, it wasn't like sometimes you see a team just completely struggle and, you know, the the offense is inept. I didn't necessarily feel that from New England because there were times when they put together several good plays in a row, but the Broncos answered each time with, you know, a massive play that was able to change the fortune of a drive, whether that was from a field goal attempt to a punt, whether that was, from a potential touchdown to a field goal. I mean, they just, they made plays, whether that was, you know, I think of Bradley Chubb's strip sack that ended a drive. I think of Anthony Chiquillo's sack of Cam Newton where they're in field goal range and all of a sudden they're not anymore. And, you know, that takes three points off the board. There's a bad snap over Cam's head that the Broncos are alert enough to get to him. You know, they, and then of course the fourth down Blitzville that ended the game, they just, they made the plays when they needed to 
in order to win the game. And of course, forcing three turnovers helps as well. Uh, I'm not sure the last time the Broncos forced three turnovers in a game, but I'd imagine it's been a little bit. So, you know, thoroughly impressed with them. Vic Fangio has started blitzing more and it seems like they have this attacking mentality and for that might burn them at times. You know, that's what happens when you blitz is occasionally you get burned, but I like the identity of this defense and feel like it has not been better during Vic Fangio's tenure here. I love the aggressive nature. I mean, a lot of people don't think that Vic Fangio is a blitzing type of coach, but he said it after the game. He said, no, I, at one point I was known as the most blitzy, you know, defensive play caller in the league. It's just that in San Francisco and in Chicago, he had the personnel where he didn't need to do that. And we thought that was going to be also the case here in Denver with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, but due to some injuries and whatnot, they've had to get creative on defense and it's showing up. I mean, the aggressiveness is causing some turnovers here. It's a lot of sacks. Malik Reed had two sacks. You know, I think that uh, the national narrative after this game is going to be, well, due to coronavirus, the Broncos had two weeks to prepare and the Patriots had two practices to prepare. Or they're going to say, what's wrong with Cam Newton? But I think that's doing a disservice to the Broncos because I think that they had a great game plan and they came in there and executed it and they made Josh McDaniels and that Patriots offense uncomfortable the whole game and we even saw that at the end where they had a resort to some gimmicky stuff with Julian Edelman throwing the ball back to Cam Newton you know they did you know those type of plays at the end to just try and get some sort of spark because that Broncos defense was flying around yeah I mean the Broncos were the better team for three and a half quarters at the very least and even then the only reason they had a chance was because of locks interceptions. I mean, it's, they certainly, you know, it wasn't a fluke that they won, Phil. I think if they lined up again and played today, the Broncos would win that football game again, in my opinion. And it might be more convincing, you know, if the Broncos are able to finish some of these things. Um, yeah. Hey, listen, if the defense can play at that level and the offense can continue to, you know, improve with Drew Locke at the helm, get some of these guys back, they can, they're, they're still right in this thing, Phil. I mean, I think yesterday I, I tweeted out that their three losses have been to teams with a combined 14 and two record. Two of those losses were by seven combined points. I mean, you know, in week one, we were saying, hey, this is a must win against a Titans team that we think is so so. They're five and oh. I mean, you look back at those games and you think, wow, that's maybe more of an impressive performance than we thought. And the the Steelers might be one of the best teams in the NFL, although they just lost uh, their star linebacker, Devin Bush, for the season. But they might be the best team in the NFL. And we saw what that Tampa Bay defense was able to do against Aaron Rodgers yesterday. You know, you thought maybe, hey, Jeff Driscoll isn't going to be able to cut it as a backup or whatever. Well, he made Aaron Rodgers look not great yesterday. Uh, he looked a little bamboozled, if you will. Um Eric, should we get to a voicemail? Yeah, I will say just um, for the stat heads out there, the Broncos did force three turnovers three times last season against the Chargers, Titans, and uh, Houston Texans. So has been done since Vic Fangio's been here, but uh, last year was the first time, I believe, since week thir- week 14 of last season. Where's Ben Swanson when you need him? Yeah, you know, 
Slacking. Slacking. Eric, uh, let's get to our uh, first voicemail here. Hi, this is Brandon from Iowa. Just calling to leave a quick comment. I thought it was absolutely fantastic to get a win today. And in the words of my late best friend, who was a Patriots fan, he would say, that was not a good game. But I loved every second of it. And who would have thought we would have done all that without scoring touchdowns? Go Broncos! Thank you to uh, Brandon from Iowa. Also, I... reached out on Twitter. So appreciate that, Brandon. And yeah, who would have thought that they would have been able to do that without scoring a touchdown? Uh, That shows you what kind of defensive performance. And uh, yeah, that was a, for Broncos fan, that was a great game. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it was uh, nerve wrenching toward the end there, but. uh, All Broncos games are. Yeah. But, but a, a fun one to watch and. You know, I do think if you had told us you're not going to score a touchdown in New England, I think we would have both said, how many points did the Broncos lose by? But uh, they found a way to get it done. And I think that Vic Fangio talked about that right after the game, is this team just has a mentality that they're going to fight. He's been really impressed by them. And that's why I feel I have a different this, – this two and three feels different than two and four did a year ago or, or some of these other seasons – where the Broncos have kind of fallen behind, you know, what a preferred record would be. This team has, has a feeling of one that's going to remain competitive. Yeah. And we heard uh, Simmons again, after the game say that confidence was at an all time high right now for this Broncos team. So uh, yeah, you like to see them uh, keep this thing rolling here. Let's get to uh, our second voicemail, Eric. Hey, just calling in after seeing the tweet about leaving thoughts on the Broncos game. Uh, watching Drew Locke was incredibly up and down, but I feel like where Drew Locke's highs were is what needs to be focused on because he had a lot of dropped throws. There were the two throws that his tight end dropped, and I can't pronounce his last name, and frankly, neither can anyone else. Um, but I think it's going to come down to Denver's receivers just kind of on the rest of the season making just the best of the opportunities they get. Thanks. Appreciate that uh, voicemail there. Did not leave a name. I need, I need a, a name and where you're calling from, if it's possible. In a, in a social. It's can, Al- uh, Albert Okuebunam. I think that if you just say it. I think uh, so. Like, I think it's Okuebunam, I think is what we've Okuebunam. Yeah. Okay. All I know is that after he was drafted, I interviewed him from his his dining room table. And I said, there's a lot of people who don't know how to pronounce your name. How do you pronounce it? And that's what he told me. So. Maybe it's possible he just lied for some reason, but I, I don't know why. Anyway, and he yeah, lied to you. It's possible. I don't know. Or maybe he was so caught up in the moment that he was just like, "Ah, oh, it's Okuwe Buna." Yeah. <laughs> but I will say, like we've talked about, Eric, it's better to focus on the highs from Drew Locke versus then all the little things here and there. If you look at the top times then that gives you an indication of what kind of quarterback he could be. And that's what we said all along, though, right, is that Drew Locke at his best is the type of guy that, you know, he he can match throws with anybody in the league. That's not an exaggeration. He's mobile. He has an arm. You can tell based on yesterday that he does have a feel for these deep passes of where to get them, where to put them for these receivers. Um, He's tough, you know, 
I know people think he's injury prone, but to to take a sack and then get up and throw a 35-yard completion standing in the pocket there, that's toughness. For it to be third down and you decide, I'm headed for the pylon to try to get this touchdown. Even if you don't make it, to be willing to take that hit for your team, that's toughness. And so uh, those are the qualities that I think we'll continue to see. And, and just hopefully over time, gets a little more consistent instead of two or three good plays in a row. It becomes four, five, six, seven. Um, instead of us being pleasantly surprised at their ability to sustain six field goal drives, we say, hey, today he had uh, three touchdown drives and three field goal drives. You know, that's that's where you make the steps, but that's to be expected with any young quarterback. And I think that our caller, who did not leave a name, is 100% on the money that right now – you just need to see the flashes from Drew Locke that suggest he can be the guy, and we're seeing those. No matter what anybody on Twitter wants to say, Phil. Calm down, Eric. Calm down a little bit there. Uh, <sighs> I, I agree with you, though. Uh, his mechanics were much better yesterday. That throw, like you mentioned to Patrick, that's a far throw down the field, 35 yards, and on the sideline, he put that right on the money. And uh, – you knew the physical tools were there. I think his meant the mental side of the game. He's going to continue to get better at that and maybe have a better feel for the game situations. And uh, you'll see things like those last two interceptions eliminated. I think as you continue to uh, see that progress from, from drew here. So uh, Eric, let's uh, wrap the, up our fan section here with an email from Honko Jansen. He, uh, is a big Broncos fan from Cape Town. And uh, I love that he started his uh, email with, hi, Phil, with a PH, and hi, Eric, with an A. That's how you know, Eric. That's how you know he's a loyal listener. Exactly. He says, uh, as a diehard DB fan from Cape Town, I was very impressed with the game plan installed to take on that page, the Patriots this weekend, taking some deliberate shots early on to try and establish the lead and then slowing the game down to choke the enemy. Uh, Eric, he uh, continued and said, uh, I do, however, think that this game plan will fall short against the Chiefs. Just the fact that they have the reigning Super Bowl MVP that can convert like clockwork when they fall behind is what will get us. I think the only way to upset them is for Locke and the offense to score 35 plus points in the game and for the defense to keep doing what they do best. And while trying to slow down the game and keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. It's going to be pretty tough. Anyway, he, uh, he says he'll leave the rest of it of the discussion up to us. So uh, thank you very much for that email, Honko. Can't we just enjoy this one for one second before we got to worry about Kansas City? We got to, it's time to turn the page, Eric. And uh, I agree with what Honko said there. You can't uh, try to run out the clock. You can't try to just... Uh, you know, play defense the, to the best you can and run the ball, run the ball. You got to be able to score points against these guys. And then you have to do your best on defense. Yeah. I mean, listen, Vic Fangio said it Monday that this is a star Wars offense and you've got to prepare to go into the death star and blow this thing up. And, you know, some of that, you're going to have to get defensive stops. Obviously we saw that, with what the Raiders did a few weeks ago to the Kansas City Chiefs. And as we're recording this, Phil, the Chiefs have not played the Buffalo Bills yet. So we're interested, of course, to see what happens in that game. 
But listen, the, the Raiders played good defense. They controlled the clock. They made big plays. And it was still a 40-32 to 32 game that really came down until the very end. The Raiders were able to get a first down that sealed it. But this is not going to be an easy game. I mean, the Broncos are going to have to give it their best effort. They're going to have to get some big plays from Drew Locke. Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon are going to have to combine to do something special. You know, you're hopeful that players like Noah Fant and KJ Hamler and AJ Boye can return and make an impact because it's possible, Phil, that the Broncos will be at their healthiest for this game if they have been really since week one. Um, so it'll be good to see, you know, a full team effort. But Phil, you gotta, you're going to have to have a special performance to snap this streak that what it's at. Nine games, if I'm correct. Nine games in a row. Yeah, the, the Chiefs have won. Uh, here's what Fangio had to say on Monday about all the weapons the Chiefs have. Well, it, it's hard to, uh, you know, try and take away one guy on that offense. You know, you've got, um, you know, obviously Hill. Then you got Kelsey. Then you got um, 17, Hardman, uh, the running back that they drafted. The rookie, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, is a hell of a player. Um, they're actually a better offense right now than they were last year because of the addition of Edwards Hilaire. And they're better because um, Mahomes is a young quarterback who's just getting better and better. If that, I know that's hard to believe, but he is getting better and better. And he's a creator with his legs. You know, he buys time. He makes great decisions. Um I think the stat that, you know, he doesn't throw many interceptions and he doesn't get sacked a lot either. And that goes to pointing out his great decision-making, the great grasp that he has of their offense and the weapons that he has around it. Eric, you felt like maybe he could have just kept going on and on and on about, about that offense. And it's true they the offense is better this year uh, with the uh, addition of their rookie running back. And, you know, you talk about the interceptions there last year, Mahomes threw 26 touchdowns, five interceptions so far this week. And like you mentioned, they have not started that bills game just yet, but Mahomes 13 touchdowns, one interception. It's yeah, insane. So you don't like to hear that they're better than they were last year. That's not good. I don't, I don't enjoy hearing that, you know, it's not fun for me. I have I mean, a question. I have a question for you, Eric, though, with regard yeah. to this, you know, Vic is a defensive minded head coach, right? He, and he's calling the defensive plays. Uh-huh. Do you think that over the off season when he's, you know, hanging out at his house or he's here at the facility or whatnot. And especially this year when there were no OTAs, no off season program. Do you think that he just sat there and was like, how am I going to beat this team? How do I come up with something? How do I, what, what's the game plan here? How do we go into this game? Because you know, Hey, look, we're going to face this team twice this year. You know what they're, what they pretty much, you know, all the weapons they have, you know what they like to do. Do you think that this is a kind of a game where you've been working on this all off season? Well, I mean, I think to some degree, but then, you know, you don't know what Clyde Edwards Elaire is going to be able to do until Elaire. until he's out there and he, he looks good. You know, you don't know that they're going to sign Le'Veon Bell and he's going to be available 
for this game. I mean, I think there's a, a general idea of how do you attack this team? What did we do well last year against them? Which, to be frank, was not much. Um, the Broncos did not have much success in either of those games. You could actually argue they were closer in the snow game in Kansas City just because the, the Chiefs offense was a little less effective, I thought. Um, but listen, this team has had some chances here, as we talked about last week. The 2016 game, which predates Mahomes, was a great game in Denver. The 2018 game, which was Mahomes' second start in Denver, uh, came down right to the wire. The Broncos had an open pass to Demarius Thomas to win it, weren't able to connect. Um, so, you know, is this going to be one of the tougher games on the Broncos' schedule? Sure, but no reason why they can't be competitive and possibly win. I'm not – I don't mark this down as an automatic L by any means. No, no. And, look, uh, you mentioned what uh, the Raiders were able to do there. And the week – I think it was a week before that, the Chargers uh, forced that game to go to overtime. I don't think it, it's any secret why divisional teams have had more success here, uh, at least this season, against them uh, because – they know what to expect. They've been in these games against the Chiefs. And I do think that part of getting ready for a game like this started way back in the offseason. I think that you just start thinking about things. Okay, here's what, here's what the game needs to go like in order to win. Here's how you take you know, away this weapon. Here's how you do this. I think that you, you start thinking about those things when you know you have to play them twice way back when. Do you think there's a mental aspect to this too, that the Broncos haven't beaten them in so long and, you know, they've had leads against Mahomes. Vic Fangio hasn't, so maybe it doesn't impact his play calling. But, of course, Broncos were up 10 in the fourth quarter against them in 2018, and the Chiefs came back rather easily to win that game. And you've got guys on this team. No one on this team who's who spent a lot of time with the Broncos has ever beaten the Chiefs. I mean, there are guys from other teams, obviously, that have done that or who have come from other teams that have done that. But nobody drafted by this team with the, you know, that's gotten here in the last five years has has beaten Kansas City. Yeah, well, they haven't beaten Kansas City during that time. Yeah, so. Right, that's what I'm saying is that, like, you know, you, you know, you know you can beat the Raiders if you're these guys. You know you can beat the Chargers because you've done it. I wonder if there's a question in some of these guys' mind can we compete with this team? Well, I, Fangio said that, you know, there's a lot of guy, there's a lot of new guys here that didn't play in those games last year. So I think that's one thing. I think having Drew Locke develop, you know, I throw out that snow game just because the conditions were so, uh, you know, just make that an anomaly. Um, but I think more than anything, the hard thing mentally facing the Chiefs is just knowing that no lead is safe. They can score so easily. It's almost like they're playing with different rules, you know, like third and 17 is no big deal to them, you know, where another team is like, oh, let's just take a draw play and punt. You know, they don't play with those kind of rules. And I think that's what's difficult. The closest like comparison I can even come up with is the Warriors in basketball, where where you could be playing such a great game against them and all of a sudden they explode for like five three-pointers in a row and it's just done, you know? And that's how the Chiefs are, where you could be playing such a perfect game against them like we saw in the Super Bowl and then just all of a sudden, boom, 
they just score these points. And that to me is what's difficult mentally is just knowing that you got to just stay on top of the thing for 60 minutes. Yeah. There's no, there's no letting up. And though we talked about, (laughs) it's kind of funny actually, because we said there's no way that Broncos can go to new England and turn the ball over twice in the fourth quarter and still win. And they did exactly that. Broncos are now two and zero this year when throwing two interceptions in the fourth quarter. Trying to exciting, do it Trying exciting to do it. stat for you, but um, no, you're going to have to play a, a near perfect game, and you know I, I don't think that it's and you know maybe near perfect is is a stretch. Like I think they're good enough to compete with this football team, but you just got to go out there and and do it. And I think it would go a long way toward the rest of the season, not just from counting one win, but you know, what, what it could do for this team's mentality if they could knock off one of these top teams. Because right now the feeling is like we can play the Titans close. We can play the Steelers close. You know, hopefully we can play the Chiefs close or the Saints when they come to town close. But at some point you got to be like the Raiders were a couple weeks ago and actually beat one of these teams. And when you do that, then you kind of take the next step and, and team take you seriously in terms of playoff contention and all that. And you know, then Drew Locke starts getting more attention. That's those are the steps they got to take. Yeah, and I think they did that a little bit. You know, this last weekend beating the Patriots on the road. I mean, the Patriots are a really good team. Uh, they they almost beat the Seahawks. You know, they handedly beat the Raiders earlier this year. So uh, I don't think you can discount what they did this week and. I think that the momentum has started to shift. I think that they feel like the hard work that they put in during training camp is starting to show up. I think that it seems like they're very close and I wouldn't be surprised if they beat the chiefs. You know, I think that, you know, they can connect on some of these opportunities in the red zone and, you know, the way this defense is playing, there's no reason why, you know, and especially if they get AJ Boye back this week, I think that they, should feel mentally heading into this one that they can play with these guys. Right. Well, Kansas City's still favored by like nine and a half. So, it, you know, it's and it still would be considered a big upset if Denver was able to get the win. And I think you need to get back to that area where, you know, whenever you have a home game, you're, you're favored to win no matter who you play. And when you're on the road, you have a chance with Drew. But uh, right now, they still got to prove that, you know, two two wins, three losses – Great. You've, you've climbed out of the hole a little bit. You've got a chance here now to, even if you lose to Kansas City, to, to get back to four and four or five and five and be right in this thing down the stretch. But, you know, you, we're still a ways away here from this being a, like a, a team that I think someone in Kansas City or, or, or national media wise that people are going to look up and say, oh, hold on a second. This is maybe the Broncos team we thought we would see this year. Yeah. And I like what Derek Carr had to say about the Raiders rivalry with the Chiefs. He said, look, we got to win, you know, once in a while here to consider this a rivalry. I think that's where the Broncos are, too, you know. Um, But, yeah, I I think that they're going to continue to be underdogs. And I think nationally they're going to continue to get, you know, hey, what's wrong with the Patriots, that kind of thing. I think that's going to continue to happen until the Broncos prove that it's not that it's actually how good this team is. So, you know, they're still just two and three, you know, but there's a lot to be excited about. And considering the brutal start to the season schedule wise, I think there's a lot to be encouraged about with this team. I think that there's a lot of growth and a lot of positive signs where you say, 
look, this team is heading in the right direction. And maybe you uh, take, a, take a couple steps this week if you can knock off a team like, like the Chiefs. So, No, I mean, I think that that's 100% correct, and I'm sure we'll dive into it more as the week goes on, Phil. But this is a big week. It feels like a big week around here. Yes, and we'll dive into that more. Hopefully, uh, we'll have a nice little episode coming toward the end of the week here as we get set for uh, the Chiefs to come to town this week. Uh, a lot of things to dive into. And uh, uh, let's just take a second, though, to be happy about a, a big win over the Patriots. So the team is going to be off until Wednesday, and then they'll get back to work. Uh, Fangio said that on Monday. So a couple of well-earned days off here, I think, for the Broncos as they uh, now turn the page to uh, what could be a huge game and an opportunity to get back to 500. So, Eric, uh, any uh, shout-outs here today? We don't do shout-outs on this podcast, Phil, but sorry, can do a shout-out, Liz Manis. Has, Did you, know, you want to? Yeah. Just for old time's sake. Uh, any players that you want to acknowledge? Maybe a player of the game or that kind of thing? Oh. Well, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that Brendan McManus is going to win AFC Special Teams Player of the Week again. It seems like now he's just doing it every week. Um, you know, big for Malik Reed, Tim Patrick, first Bronco with back-to-back 100-yard receiving yards or games with 100 yards receiving since Emmanuel Sanders in 2018. That's impressive for him. So, you know, a lot of a lot of good individual performances. And shout out to Drew Locke. You know, he your cue. That's your cue, man. He uh That's our cue. Thought he was impressive. He arguably might have been my offensive player of the game, despite the stat line, despite the two interceptions. I truly think, you know, I know we got a lot of big Philip Lindsay fans that listen to the show, but I think like you swap Melvin Gordon for Philip Lindsay, maybe the Broncos are still able to rush for however many yards that they did. And maybe Melvin's still able to go over a hundred. If you swap out, uh, you know, Noah Fant for Albert O, I think you, maybe you have a couple more touchdowns with similar production, but if you make a change at the quarterback position, I don't think you find the same success there. And this team needed Drew Locke from a mentality standpoint. They got, they got their cue back, Phil. They got their mojo back. I like it. Yeah. I like that too. I was gonna, I was gonna say Tim Patrick. I kind of hedged. No, on sorry, that. my bad. No, I'm gonna take my, all your guys. Nope. Uh, well, you named everybody almost on the team, but uh, I was gonna actually go with Justin Simmons. You know, uh, oh. uh, he had the fumble recovery, which I thought happened at a big point in the game, and then he also had a tip pass on uh, the interception for Bryce Callahan, and I think he finished second on the team with eight tackles. Uh, he had he had a good physical tackle early on in the game, and I thought that uh, you know he even blitzed on that fourth down play to uh, help seal the win. So uh, I was going to say shout out to uh, Justin Simmons, friend uh, of the pod, of course, friend, a big time friend of the pod, and also a shout out to Liz Manis too, of course, and to everyone who sent a, a voicemail or a uh, an email. We appreciate it. 707 Neutral, if you're interested in uh, hearing your voice here on the show, uh, go ahead and leave a voicemail, 707 Neutral. And then, uh, Eric, they can also send in an email too, right? Yeah, neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. We'll read it. We'll play it. We'll read it. And uh, uh, you can also just direct us, uh, directly contact us at Eric Delala with an A, at Phil Milani with a PH, 
just doesn't make much sense, but that's what, uh, that's what we do. That's what we do. That's how it is. All right. Well, we'll be back a a little uh, later on in the week with a full breakdown of this chiefs matchup. But until then for Eric Dalala, I'm Phil Milani. You've been listening to the neutral zone.